It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Abby Hornacek. I'm Ben Dominich. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, December 1st, 2023. I'm Eben Brown. Israel resumes the war against Hamas in the Gaza Strip as Hamas fires its rockets into Israel following six days of hostage releases. If any of our enemies are listening, we will overcome. We will defeat this evil. We will root out Hamas and we will get all of our hostages back. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Dozens of Israeli families are marking Shabbat, the Sabbath, this week with their loved ones returned to them after spending nearly two months as hostages taken by Hamas terrorists on October 7th. Some were food-deprived, others were kept in darkness, they went without medical care or water. Following six days of an operational pause, Israel's military is back on the hunt in Gaza with Hamas in its crosshairs with every bit of resolve. You want to keep momentum. Momentum is very important. And when you have your enemy or opponent on the defensive, then you want to keep the pressure on and not allow him a breather or time to reorganize and regroup. Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus has been the face and the voice of the Israel Defense Forces through much of the fighting. And that's true in military activity as well. Uh, we recommended, we, the IDF, recommended to the uh, government that we are for the pause because we understood that it was a good opportunity to get Israeli hostages back. Uh, today, 81, a total of 81 Israeli hostages have been returned, uh, those before the framework and during the framework, and those are 81 families that are now in a much, much better situation than what they would have been had we not stopped. So I think when you balance the things, uh, at the end of the day, we, the IDF, have the ability to relaunch operations and within a short matter of time, apply pressure and generate that same level of momentum that we had before. If you ask us if we wouldn't have wanted to take this break at all, of course, it would have been better to continue. But in the bigger scheme of things, getting Israeli hostages back, women, children, babies and elderly uh, people, uh, that is super important. And uh, we are happy that they are now home. We are committed to two things, dismantling Hamas and making sure that they won't govern the Gaza Strip and there won't be a military threat coming out of the Gaza Strip. And second thing, getting all, which means women, children, elderly, men, etc., all of our hostages home. And uh, we're on track to do the, doing that. Let, let us talk about the hostages. The, the ability with uh, internet video to see it almost in real time uh, the hostages being returned to, to Israel, uh, to see their families be able to greet them has been uh, nothing short of both amazing and I think heartbreaking at the same time. Uh, tell us about the atmosphere in Israel. Uh, in the United States, it's, it's such a large country that 
you know, when, when horrible things happen or and then good things happen, we, we might see it on television, but we may not personally feel it because of the physical distance between all of us and the, the vastness of our population. Israel is the size of New Jersey. There's 9 million people there. It's a much tighter community. So as yourself, as a military commander, as, a, as, a, as an Israeli, uh, as a family man, to, to see these folks come home to be greeted and grabbed by their families, what does that feel like? Well, it's a mix of joy and relief for those that we see coming home. A lot of sympathy for the hell that they have endured, some of them for 55 days and some of them for 49, but almost two months of hell under earth at the hands of a brutal terror organization. And you could see it on their faces, some uh, moments of pride and joy, especially at uh, very brave examples of defiance and bravery that we saw some of the Israeli women uh, display against their captors, uh, and really the uh, ability to stand and walk tall as they come out of the hands of Hamas and walk towards safety in Israel. Uh, Those are good things. But then all of that is mixed with a tremendous, uh, I would say, anger and fury at these very barbaric and inhumane people that have taken women and children, babies, elderly people and men hostage and held them underground for two months. We're beginning to hear some of the uh, testimonies of the survivors, of the hostages that are, are now back home. Some of them are speaking freely because they don't have family members left in Hamas captivity, and some aren't speaking yet because they have other parts of their family. We have many families that have been separated. The women and the children are in Israel, and the fathers are left in Hamas captivity. So obviously, these people who have been released are not going to uh, share the real horrors and experience and torture that they underwent uh, out of a fear for the safety of their loved ones. And so many people, you know, I watch on Twitter, they're screaming out at us, let the hostages speak, let them say what they went through. It's all, you know, blaming us for for making things up. And then I usually answer, how would you how would you operate if your loved one was still in at the hands of a drug cartel or a terrorist organization, would you be speaking up about what you endured in uh, captivity? Mm-hmm. So there's many, many feelings. It's a complex situation. We've never been in such a situation before. And as happy we are, and there's this spontaneous outpouring of joy and love and unity in Israel, where people are coming together and helping the families of the hostages, and everybody is just you know, throwing love and compassion at them. But on the other hand, there are still so many extremely sad stories. There are more than a thousand Israeli casualties, civilian casualties, and more than 400 military casualties. That's that. Those are tremendous figures for a small country like us. And uh, there are uh, still hostages. 137 Israelis are still in Hamas captivity. And these are 137 people that we need to get back, whose families are still worried, sick, and probably haven't slept for, I don't know, almost two months uh, out of uh, worry for what their loved ones are enduring. So it's an unprecedented situation. I don't wish it on any free society and democracy to have 
people taken away and held hostage by a brutal terror organization. But I can tell you and the listeners, and if any of our enemies are listening, which I doubt, but if they are, we will overcome, we will defeat this evil, we will root out Hamas, and we will get all of our hostages back. Be the price, whatever it may be, and take it as long as it needs to take. But the end of this war will be with a defeated Hamas and all of our hostages home. Let's talk about what's next for the war. The, the first uh, part of it up until this uh, this pause was about el- eliminating targets uh, and uh, liberating, if you will, the north end of the Gaza Strip and, and while pushing much of the population to the south end of it. Um, but the south end of it is not a, a haven uh, for peace. It's, a, it, it's, a, it's another headquarters for Hamas. So what does the IDF do now? Do they now try to force people back north while they uh, attempt to strike targets in the south? It's a, not a big place overall, the Gaza Strip, but it's, it's, there's plenty of people there still. You're correct. Southern Gaza is another hornet's nest of terrorists, and we're going to eradicate Hamas there, and we're going to do it while do, trying our best not to hit civilians. That is our commitment. We want maximum effect on the enemy, minimum effect on non-combatants, and we want to do it as fast and as clean as possible. Now, those are nice statements. What that means on the ground is that we are going to communicate to the Palestinian civilians, the non-combatants, ahead of time, which areas should be evacuated, and then give them enough time to evacuate And we're also going to tell them where to evacuate to. Now, a lot here hangs on the willingness of different UN institutions in Gaza, UNRWA, the World Health Organization, UNICEF and others, and in their willingness to be part of the solution and not part of a problem. And when I mean solution, I mean protecting civilian lives, saving civilians from the horror of war. And we have designated a humanitarian zone in an area which is called the Muasi, which is uh, in southern Gaza, close to the coast, just north of a city called Khan Yunis. And that is the area which we have designated, which would be the safest area to be in Gaza while there's fighting in southern Gaza. And what we hope is that international institutions will live up to their commitment and their mission statement and actually help us save lives in Gaza because at the end of the day, we do not have a choice. We have to end this war with a defeated Hamas. If anything else happens, Hamas will come back and try to do October the 7th again and again and again and worse than that. And these are not my words. These are the words of Hamas seniors that have been very clear Uh, and unapologetic about it, and they've been saying it in Arabic for anybody willing to listen, that when when they'll have the ability, they will launch another attack and another attack until they conquer all of what they call Palestine and kill all of the Jews. That's what it's about. And if we don't eradicate them, they will continue to threaten our civilians, and we cannot have that. That is an unsustainable situation. So we are going to get the job done. And hopefully it will be done with a minimal effect on the civilian population. We are speaking with Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus of the Israel Defense Forces as the battle with Hamas resumes on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. We'll have more straight ahead.
You mentioned the, UR, uh, the UN agencies that operate in Gaza, whether it's uh, UNRWA, the United Nations Relief Works Agency, or the World Health Organization. Uh, there has been certainly no love lost, I think, between the UN and the State of Israel going back decades at this point. If you could get a, uh, a, a wish list to the UN, right, if they would agree to some of the things you would like for them to do or not do, what, what would be on that list? How would they be helpful to you? I would just say treat... Palestinians, just like any other population that has been affected by war. Stop giving Palestinians different treatment, and I don't call it special or preferred because I think it's actually just weakening the Palestinians. Treat Palestinians like you treated uh, war, people after th that fled war in any other conflict that we've seen all over the world. Help them provide shelter, relocation, if there are refugees, then provide help for the refugees and then be part of providing help for the reconstruction of the areas that were affected by the warfare. What we've been seeing for so many years, for decades, is a special different treatment by UN institutions, UNRWA specifically, to the Palestinians, which is totally against any other practice that UN institutions and programs provide to all other people around the world that are affected or were affected by fighting. And I'll give you a personal example. Sure. My grandmother immigrated from uh, Morocco. My grandfather immigrated from Poland. At the end of the Holocaust, he was a survivor. She, uh, she fled from uh, Morocco. They came to Israel. They were refugees for a short period of time, UN and other institutions helped them. The State of Israel took responsibility. And after a year or so, they were no longer refugees. They were uh, citizens of a new country, and they started working in building their own future. What we've seen in Gaza and in so many other areas with relation to Palestinians and UN institutions is that instead of helping, UN institutions are eternalizing the suffering of these Palestinians. They're used as a political tool instead of actually helping them build a future. And it's important, I think it's absolutely crucial for all people in Gaza to understand there is not going to be a return to Palestine. There is not going to be an annihilation of Israel. There is not going to be an expulsion of the Jews from the ancestral homeland of the Jewish people. Israel is going to exist and continue to prosper and to flourish, and we, are continue to, we will continue to work and defend ourselves and pay our taxes and work and defend ourselves, and we will get stronger and stronger despite everything they do. And the sooner they understand this and get busy living instead of trying to kill us, the better for them. And UN institutions can help not in eternalizing the problem, but in finding a just and positive solution. And at the end of this war, once Hamas is taken off the battlefield and once Gaza is freed of almost 20 years of this heavy terrorist rule, that will be an, a time of opportunity for Gazans to redefine their future. And if they're smart about it, if they understand that the war, uh, the, the path of jihad of martyrdom, of holy war against Israel will only bring them death, despair, and destruction, 
the moment they understand that and get busy building for themselves, it will be excellent for them and it will be good for us because then finally we'll be able to live in good neighborly conditions. Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus of the Israel Defense Forces, thank you so much for being with us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.